Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Today in business from Wired. Generative AI is coming for the lawyers. Large law firms are using a tool made by OpenAI to research and write legal documents. What could go wrong? By Chris Stokel Walker. David Wakeling, head of London-based law firm Allen & Overy's Markets Innovation Group, first came across law-focused generative AI tool Harvey in September 2022. He approached OpenAI, the system's developer, to run a small experiment. A handful of his firm's lawyers would use the system to answer simple questions about the law, draft documents, and take first passes at messages to clients. The trial started small, Wakeling says, but soon ballooned. Around 3,500 workers across the company's 43 offices ended up using the tool, asking it around 40,000 queries in total. The law firm has now entered into a partnership to use the AI tool more widely across the company, though Wakeling declined to say how much the agreement was worth. According to Harvey, one in four at Allen and Overy's team of lawyers now uses the AI platform every day, with 80% using it once a month or more. Other large law firms are starting to adopt the platform too, the company says. The rise of AI and its potential to disrupt the legal industry has been forecast multiple times before, but the rise of the latest wave of generative AI tools with ChatGPT at its forefront has those within the industry more convinced than ever. I think it is the beginning of a paradigm shift, says Wakeling. I think this technology is very suitable for the legal industry. Generative AI is having a cultural and commercial moment, being touted as the future of search, sparking legal disputes over copyright, and causing panic in schools and universities. The technology, which uses large datasets to learn to generate pictures or text that appear natural, could be a good fit for the legal industry, which relies heavily on standardized documents and precedents. 
Legal applications such as contract, conveyancing, or license generation are actually a relatively safe area in which to employ ChatGPT and its cousins, says Lillian Edwards, professor of law, innovation, and society at Newcastle University. Automated legal document generation has been a growth area for decades, even in rule-based tech days, because law firms can draw on large amounts of highly standardized templates and precedent banks to scaffold document generation, making the results far more predictable than with most free text outputs. But the problems with current generations of generative AI have already started to show. Most significantly, their tendency to confidently make things up, or hallucinate. That is problematic enough in search, but in the law, the difference between success and failure can be serious and costly. Over email, Gabriel Pereira, Harvey's founder and CEO, says that the AI has a number of systems in place to prevent and detect hallucinations. Our systems are fine-tuned for legal use cases on massive legal data sets, which greatly reduces hallucinations compared to existing systems, he says. Even so, Harvey has gotten things wrong, says Wakeling, which is why Allen & Overy has a careful risk management program around the technology. We've got to provide the highest level of professional services, Wakeling says. We can't have hallucinations contaminating legal advice. Users who log into Allen and Overy's Harvey portal are confronted by a list of rules for using the tool. The most important to Wakeling's mind, you must validate everything coming out of the system. You have to check everything. Wakeling has been particularly impressed with Harvey's prowess at translation. It's strong at mainstream law but struggles with specific niches, where it's more prone to hallucination. We know the limits, and people have been extremely well-informed on the risk of hallucination, he says. Within the firm, we've gone to great lengths with a big training program. Other lawyers who spoke to Wired were cautiously optimistic about the use of AI in their practice. It is certainly very interesting and definitely indicative of some of the fantastic innovation that is taking place within the legal industry, says Sean Ashton, client transformation partner at law firm TLT. However, this is definitely a tool in its infancy, and I wonder if it is really doing much more than provide precedent documents which are already available in the business or from subscription services. AI is likely to remain used for entry-level work, says Daniel Saraduic, a data protection lawyer based in Paris, France. Legal document drafting can be a very labor-intensive task that AI seems to be able to grasp quite well. Contracts, policies, and other legal documents tend to be normative, so AI's capabilities in gathering and synthesizing information can do a lot of heavy lifting. But, as Allen and Overy has found, the output from the AI platform is going to need careful review, he says. Part of practicing law is about understanding your client's particular circumstances, so the output will rarely be optimal. Sarah Duick says that while outputs from legal AI will need careful monitoring, the inputs could be equally challenging to manage. Data submitted into an AI may become part of the data model and or training data, and this would very likely violate the confidentiality obligations to clients and individuals' data protection and privacy rights, he says. This is particularly an issue in Europe, where the use of this kind of AI might breach the principles of the European Union's General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR, which governs how much data about individuals can be collected and processed by companies. Can you lawfully use a piece of software built on that foundation of mass data scraping? 
In my opinion, this is an open question, says data protection expert Robert Bateman. Law firms would likely need a firm legal basis under the GDPR to feed any personal data about clients they control into a generative AI tool like Harvey, and contracts in place covering the processing of that data by third parties operating the AI tools, Bateman says. Wakeling says that Allen and Overy is not using personal data for its deployment of Harvey and wouldn't do so unless it could be convinced that any data would be ring-fenced and protected from any other use. Deciding on when that requirement was met would be a case for the company's information security department. We are being extremely careful about client data, Wakeling says. At the moment, we're using it as a non-personal data, non-client data system to save time on research or drafting or preparing a plan for slides, that kind of stuff. International law is already toughening up when it comes to feeding generative AI tools with personal data. Across Europe, the EU's AI Act is looking to more stringently regulate the use of artificial intelligence. In early February, Italy's Data Protection Agency stepped in to prevent generative AI chatbot Replica from using the personal data of its users. But Wakeling believes that Allen and Overy can make use of AI while keeping client data safe and secure, all the while improving the way the company works. It's going to make some real material difference to productivity and efficiency, he says. Small tasks that would otherwise take valuable minutes out of a lawyer's day can now be outsourced to AI. If you aggregate that over the 3,500 lawyers who have got access to it now, that's a lot, he says. Even if it's not complete disruption, it's impressive. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.